Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Crossing 1 a.m. in Basel. It is a big week. Welcome to TC Live presented by Cabinets to Go. 25 of the top 30 men's players in the world in action this week. So much to get to on the show. We are heading to the year-end finals, and can the young king stay atop the throne? Carlitos Alcaraz looking to become the youngest year-end number one in ATP history. Plus, the last spots for Turin on the line. American Taylor Fritz had to save a match point in Vienna as he hopes to make his debut at the ATP Finals. And the women's Final Eight now set deep in the heart of Texas. Iga Sviantek leading an elite group to the WTA Finals. We'll let you know if anyone can knock her off the top spot next week. With that, welcome to TC Live in our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman, happy to be back alongside Jan Michael Gamble and Big Banks back in the house. Chris Eubanks, fresh off the plane from Korea, straight to the studio. How's it going? I'm feeling good, man. I'm excited. It's always fun to be able to come back to TC and get a chance to watch tennis with you guys, talk tennis with everyone. So I'm excited. Not tired at all. No sleep needed. Let's go. <laughs> Three challengers you just played. How, how did it go out there? Went pretty well. First week, I was able to advance to the semifinals, which was pretty excited for me. Second week, not so, not so good for me in Seoul, but it was able to follow up with a pretty good week in uh, Busan, in which I advanced to the quarterfinals. So, okay. like the way I'm playing, going into the last three events of the year, feeling pretty confident. Got to defend a title in Knoxville, which was pretty exciting, but I'm ready for it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Love that. You're right around your career high right now. So looking to end the season strong. We are so happy to have you back on TC Live. Glad to be back. Practicing right. this week a little bit? Absolutely. All Straight right. from here right onto the practice court. <laughs> That's a good It's effort. a long day. Just That's keep going day. while you're going, and then you don't realize you're tired. Well, Carlos Alcaraz playing his second event since raising a big trophy in New York. His first major title at the U.S. Open made him the first teenager to reach number one in the world into his seventh week at the top of the rankings. But just one and two so far at that top spot. Alcaraz making his debut in Basel and a difficult first round against another next-gen star in Britain's Jack Draper Day. Yeah, Carlitos had his hands full from the beginning of this first set. He looked a little bit nervous. That number one ranking is something that he's dealing with. The pressure of that is something. And now everybody gunning for him. So Draper in that first set, some excellent stuff. Big ground strokes. But Carlitos in the second set started out a lot better. Gets the second break there. Big forehand. Settles in a little bit. Able to get through it. Shot here. Pretty easy ball. Goes to the dropper. Carlos moves into the third set there. A little bit trickier. Had a break early, lost it. Back at five all. Here's break point again. Big backhand up the line gets him through it. He is fired up. Full house in Basel. A little bit tricky. Faces some break points here for a tie break in the third set. But denies it. Big forehand there. Finally getting through with another one of those huge forehands from rule number one. It's a big win. It was a tough match. Tough match. Great stuff from Jack Draper. But Carlitos talking about overcoming a slow start. At the beginning of the match, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough for me. 
I did a, a lot of mistakes uh, at the beginning. I mean, I I wanted to, to play really, really aggressive in, in this court. For, for me, it's uh, a little bit slower than the than the other tournaments. But I knew that the Jack is, is playing great. He's uh, really, really uh, dangerous player, and I had to be really, really focused and, of course, never give up. First tour-level win for Carlos Alcaraz after getting to number one in the world. What did you think of his performance? I thought it was great, honestly. He came out, just like Jan Michael said, a little bit slow to start, kind of having some er errors all over the place, still looking to play aggressive. But first match out, it's, a lot of times it's tough to really go for your shots just like you would if you were already it worked your way into the tournament. He was able to make the corrections, continued to go big, but went to bigger targets in the second set, was able to find the range. And from that point on, the momentum and the confidence began to take over. And I think he's starting to kind of settle into that, hey, I'm the best player in the world right now. Guys are going to come for me. I'm going to get their best. And it's my time to kind of show why I am the number one player in the world. As Chris is saying, it's different, right? When you're at the top versus when you're trying to get to the top. And he went one and one in Davis Cup, lost to David Goffin in his first tour level match, being number one in the world. Do you think that's affecting him a little bit? Yeah, I think it is. I think he's talked about the pressures of being number one, the pressures of being a top seed in an event, his pressures of being the best in the world. It's, it's, it's a real thing. And, and I think that he has to settle in and sort of deal with it, you know, on his own terms. Everybody does. He's gone from being the hunter to now being a little bit the hunter. There's a target on him every time he plays. Uh, the world number one deals with that day in, day out. Um, you have to own it and still be the hunter. So he's got to figure out how, how that best suits him. Got through it today. Speaking of that guy who beat him earlier this month in Astana, that's David Goffin in action against one of four Americans, Brandon Nakashima in Basel. 21-year-old's been on fire since his run to the San Diego title a month ago. One off his career high at 44 in the world, Chris, taking on... David Goffin? Yes, but I think in the first set, we saw why David Goffin can play at a level in which he's the only player to beat Carlos Alcaraz in straight sets. Played at an extremely high level in the first set. The beat knock continued to come back with some aggressive baseline play. Was able to edge him out into the second set, coming up with great backhands just like this, something we're accustomed to seeing from him for so long. And now that he's an ATP champion on tour, I'm sure the confidence is continuing to grow week in and week out coming up with a short forehand winner to send this match to a third set. And then it was a lot more of what we saw in the second. Very, very aggressive play, dictating court. He's owning the baseline, owning the court position battle. And it's just this point, upper break in the third, the confidence is just flowing. Able to take running forehands up the line, serving the match out pretty convincingly. And all in all, he has to be very, very pleased with his performance in this first round today. Nakashima won 15 of 16 points on his first serve in that final set. Just qualified for the next-gen finals in Milan. Good start in Basel. Over in Vienna, another 500-level event. Taylor Fritz making a push to reach the ATP finals, playing his first match-gen like as a member of the top 10, taking on Yoshi Nishioka. Yeah, Taylor Fritz having such a fantastic year, but this match was anything but that from the start. Nishioka has... The ability to make his opponents very uncomfortable with that off-pace forehand. Won the first set there. T. Fritz right here facing a match point. The big forehand gets him out of trouble here. Shoka can't come up with that ball out of the corner. The inside out working. And now here at seven apiece, another big forehand. Crushing that one into the backhand corner. Nishioka can't track it down. It's a fast guy right there. Gets through the second set 9-7. Now, Nishioka had a break in the third set. Fritz finds a way here to break back. Started playing a little closer to the baseline, hitting through the court a little bit better with the backhand. So some nice drive angles. And here, the big forehand starting to do some good work as well. Absolutely, right there. 
the second break. Nishioka is not happy. The racket takes the brunt of that attack. Second racket. It's a hefty fine. He's going to be leveled on Nishioka, but it was a fine match he played. And Taylor Fritz finding a way through a difficult, difficult opponent. This has been a, a, a tough matchup for Taylor Fritz. He was 0-3 against Nishioka coming in. So another first for Taylor Fritz. Won the last five games of the match. Win keeps him in eighth place in that live race to Turin. Had 21 aces in this one for Taylor Fritz. Saved the match point. A couple breaks in the third to take control of the match. This our cabinets to go. Match summary as we hear now from Taylor Fritz. How on earth have you turned that one around? I just decided that I needed to hit every ball that I, I got a chance on as hard as I could just at the line. And that's typically not a sustainable play. That's typically not a good strategy. But I, I was able to make it work. <laughs> Made it work. That's all that matters. American J.J. Wolf, he's at a career high of 56 in the world. Came through qualifying in Vienna. Chris looking to match the biggest win of his career, playing 18th ranked Corinne Hatchinoff. And he's played, JJ's been in fine form over these past few weeks. The 23 year old final, his first 250 a few weeks ago in Florence, losing to Felix Oche, all the same. And has been playing very good tennis for the post US Open uh, stint over in Europe indoors. But today was just a bit too much against Karen Hatchinoff. Two guys that love to play aggressive tennis. JJ loves to be the one applying the pressure, but at certain points of the match, he's having to come up with shots like that time after time. It can kind of weigh on you a little bit. But Karen Kapsanov has just been playing extremely well, played extremely solid today. That backhand is short inside the court. It's a patented shot by him. Unfortunately, JJ is broken here for the first time in the match. Trying to serve to stay in the match. Those are not, those are not fun. Tough run for JJ Wolf there, but still. Great finish to the year coming up for the American as Chris mentioned made his first final in Florence. That was earlier this month, Jan Mike. 15 wins this year coming into the season, just two wins in his career. 500 grand earned so far this year. What's been the biggest difference for J.J. Wolf to get to this level? Covered a lot of J.J.'s matches, really like watching him play. I think that, you know, he played a lot of challenges, winning matches in the challengers first, doing it right, then playing the qualifying of the ATP events, qualified in both Indian Wells and Miami, won some matches there, so they've given him some confidence. For me, it all turned around for him at D.C. I felt like he hit the ball bigger on the forehand and was serving better than I ever saw him. I covered his match against Roberto Batista Agut at the U.S. Open, and that was, for me, the best tennis I'd ever seen him play. Really took RBA just out. It wasn't a close 6-4, 6-4, 6-4 straight set, or, and it, it even felt like that was a, the scoreline was giving RBA too much credit. It was Wolf really dominated in that match, and he's really carried it through. So just the perfect kind of momentum that you'd want from, you know, just building all that. And then you mentioned, of course, Chris and Florence playing so well last week, making it, or just making the finals there. So that was a huge result. It's been cool to follow him online as well because he's one of the stars of my tennis life on Tennis Channel. So we've seen him give his video kind of synopsis of what he's been doing this entire season. And by the way, he has broken the curse on my tennis life. Yeah. Every other player <laughs> has either gotten injured, retired or something. But J.J. and Isla Tomjanovic have been two of the best seasons ever. You know J.J., obviously a couple of college tennis former stars, him at Ohio State, you at Georgia Tech. Uh, what has stood out to you about him? Honestly, to me, this isn't that much of a surprise. Like I say, I've seen J.J., I've played J.J. in Challengers. I've played him earlier this year in Dallas, and I've seen how well he can play when he is playing well. A lot of that, like you say, just goes back to being able to play matches. The way that J.J. plays, hugs the baseline and takes big cuts 
But I feel like over these past few weeks, we've seen those cuts go to bigger targets. He's able to have a higher shot tolerance while still staying who he is and staying true to his game. And it's been really impressive to watch. So I'm a J.J. fan. I love watching a play similar to you. It's just such a refreshing sense of seeing a guy who wants to hug the baseline and just take massive cuts. And he's a great kid also. He fought the mullet. And it had the reverse effect. He's even better. He's not like Samson. Get rid of the hair. He's even better. <laughs> JJ's the man. You can follow him, tennischannel.com, the Tennis Channel app. Follow his My Tennis Life throughout the season. Catch up on all those great episodes. Still to come here on TC Live, we're talking about a future Hall of Famer who just tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug. Plus, one week from the WTA Finals, how big of a favorite is Iga Fiontech? We've got the numbers you've got to see to believe. Tennis Channel Center Court coverage is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Make every moment more with America's number one sports book. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Cannot wait to get to Fort Worth for all the fun next week. Tennis Channel proud to be on site for the WTA Finals. Me and Chanda Rubin have you covered from Fort Worth, Texas. Take a look at this head-to-head. The finals field against each other. Iga Sviantek, 19-1. All the others combined, just 24 wins. And how about this nugget that Mark Huska, our producer, gave me earlier? Goff, Jabur, and Pagula have combined to win one set off of Sviantek in nine matches. So I ask you, Chris Eubanks... Who's got the best shot to beat Iga? I'm going with the probably the hottest player outside of Iga and Jesse Pagula. Coming off her first 1,000 win, I think she's going to be my pick to do it in front of a home crowd. For, for me, it's like it's, it's a best-day scenario for the players to take out Sviantek. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but for me, it's either Garcia or Sabalenka with the way that they can play with depth and a lot of power, try to rush that forehand side. Not easy to do. People haven't been doing it. <laughs> Garcia, the only player in this group to get a win over Iga. Savalenka and Sakri, though, did beat Sviantek at the WTA Finals last year. Fort Worth, next week, we got you covered right here on Tennis Channel. Straight ahead on TC Live, which stars battling for the last three spots at the ATP Finals? Our experts tell you who makes it to Italy. TC Live is presented by Cabinets to Go. Your wow for less. Eubanks, Gamble, Weissman back on TC Live, presented by Cabinets for Less. A reminder that next week is the last Masters 1000 of the season and the last chance to qualify for the year-end championships. Don't miss Tennis Channel's daily live coverage of the Rolex Paris Masters beginning next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern. Prakash and Danny on site in Paris. Back to Vienna we go. Andre Rublev, the 2020 champ, did not play last year. Sits in sixth place in the race to turn. Just won his fourth title of the year a week ago in Spain, Chris. But a tough first-round matchup against Diego Schwartzman. Absolutely. These courts, I think, suit Rublev extremely well. A little bit slower. Allows him to take cuts just like that. He's able to get up an early break on Schwartzman. 
rode that momentum all the way out, but things got a little bit testy. Schwartzman continued to fight and battle back and push Rublev in the final game. Rublev began to get a little bit loud and kind of angry, but was able to calm it down, take the first set, and then the second set was just all Rublev. Taking cuts, we saw him venture to net a little bit more this match, which is something he ordinarily does not do. But against Schwartzman, who defends so well, you're seeing examples of Rublev trying to improve his game and get better in all areas of the court. Had seven aces in this match. Chris broke four times and saved all three break points that he faced. Absolutely. That's a great ratio, I can tell you. If you can put yourself in a situation in which you're able to continue to hold serve, even with a returner who returns as well as Schwartzman does, and just cruise on his serve, you're in for a good day. Hold your serve every time against Diego Schwartzman. An impressive showing for Andre Rublev, who keeps it going in that race to turn. In Basel, Alexander Bublik, record of 15-6 and six indoors this season, including his first career title. Taking on the lucky loser in Aslan Karatsev, Jen Mike. Yeah, this can be a tricky match if Karatsev is on. He returns serve extremely well, especially on the backhand side. But uh, Bublik was taking a lot of the balls to the forehand. Smart, intelligent tennis move from the start from Bublik. I, I felt like she, he was locked in. You're going to see a bit of variety, some drop shots. There was a good one there with a nice response. You don't want to get into that kind of a rally against Bublik. He's got great feel in those hands. He really served well from the start to the finish, kept the pressure on Kratzev, and gets another break with this little shot. That sets up an opportunity that she capitalizes on. Gets the sixth piece here and played an excellent tiebreaker. Well, six games to two, or seven, seven to two in that tiebreaker. It was excellent stuff. And then Kublik, for whatever reason, in a hurry to get off the court, he left the court before Karatsev did. Very important Actually, dinner reservation. To never seen that before, I don't think. <laughs> Gotta go. Up and that was that. <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta go. Taking a look at the updated ATP race to turn standings. Five players are in. You see Novak Djokovic at 10, but won a major, and he's top 20. He is in, so three spots remain. Will it be Medvedev, Rublev, Oje Aliassime, Fritz, or Herkatch? We'll see Hubie in action tomorrow. We'll see Felix in action in a couple days. Medvedev as well. Rublev and Fritz both getting wins today. New Papa, by the way. Rafa Nadal confirmed he is playing Paris and the ATP Finals. What's trending on the interwebs? Well, two-time major champ Simona Halep was provisionally suspended after testing positive for a PED during the U.S. Open this year. She says, I have never... Never. The idea of cheating has never even once crossed my mind. She feels confused and betrayed. Her former coach, Darren Cahill, posted strong support for Simona. And her coach during the U.S. Open, Patrick Moradoglu, says he supports Simona 100% in this fight as well. Jan, Mike, what did you make of this story when it broke? It's a bit of a surprise. I mean, Simona's obviously a beloved uh, character in our sport and uh, seems to be one of the fairest competitors out there. So hopefully this is a mistake and this gets all cleared up. And, uh, of course, those guys should support her. She's fantastic and uh, has so many fans across the world. So this is really unfortunate. It's definitely not what our sport needs. It's not what Simono needs, that's for sure. Chris, take us inside the process of players getting tested at the majors and, and, and the results and when you get them and all that stuff. Well, whereabouts testing and the testing at Grand Slams could be a bit different. This one seemed to happen at the U.S. Open. So what I'm assuming happened was after her match in which she lost, there's always an agent who is there to follow you post-match. They cannot leave your side from the moment you step foot off the court, and they have to follow you all the way until you're ready to give your urine sample. They walk with you to the room, they sign off, pass you along to the administrator, you give your sample, and then you go on about your day. You issue two different bottles, they test both, and I think that's exactly what they did in this case, tested sample A, tested sample B to make sure everything that they thought they saw, they saw. 
and that pretty much explains the process of how drug testing happens at the U.S. Open. So it's going to be interesting to see how this investigation takes place, what other facts are we going to find out, and I, for one, am just really, really interested in just to see how this thing progresses over the next few weeks. Yeah, she's had support from some of the other Romanian players as well, including Serana Kirstea. But uh, I find that word betrayed kind of stands out in, in Simona's comments. We'll see who she thinks betrayed her. Still to come here on TC Live, take a look at our schedule. We've got Basel starting 7 a.m. Eastern, Vienna. An hour after that, T2 coverage begins at 9 a.m. Eastern if you've got a Samsung TV. And we'll be back with you on TC Live to wrap up the day's action at 5 p.m. Eastern. More after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on TC Live, featured matches Tuesday beginning 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, right here on Tennis Channel. Some good ones. Looking forward to Dominic Team and Tommy Paul. How about big foe Francis Tiafo taking on Hubie Hercotch, still in that race to turn Andy Murray in action. Another American, Maxime Cressy, former UCLA Bruin. And then you got Casper Root and Stan Vavrinka as well. A lot to choose from. We're going to focus first on Hercotch and Big Foe. 2-2 two, two head-to-head coming into this one. Hercotch, as we mentioned, has a lot to play for here. But Big Foe has arrived. I mean, since the U.S. Open semifinals there, then, of course, had that final in Tokyo, career-high 17 in the world. Who takes this match? Uh, you're going to be a hard press to go against Hubert Hercotch, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to say <laughs> Foe gets it. I'm going to say he continues with that momentum that we've seen. This new, more mature, kind of locked-in Francis is so exciting to watch. Being able to see him venture to the net a lot more, come up with great volleys, and just also still not losing the swagger and the vibrato that people love about him and that personality that just exudes through the camera. That's something that... He's able to have both. He's able to be himself, have fun on the court, but also play very serious. And he's been when he's playing like that, we saw it at Labor Cup. We saw it at the U.S. Open. He's one of the best tennis players in the world. I'm going to say he continues with All that. All right. Get you a man who can do both. Uh, Jan, Mike, what, what do you think of this match? How do you break it down? Um, I, I like uh, Francis's chances as well. I think that he's going to ride that momentum. He's playing some of the best, the best tennis I've seen him play, serving bigger than I've ever seen him serve, which I think is huge. Hitting his forehand, which has been a little bit of a crutch in some of his matches. He'll miss it on the big points. Top of the tape, top of the tape. He's sort of solved that. It's looking better, and uh, it's, it's going to be down to that shot. Is Hubie's going to make him play a lot of balls and moves extremely well. He'll play way back. He'll, he'll defend like he always does. Um, but I like Francis's chances out there. All right, Francis also playing Davis Cup for Team USA. The roster announced today. So it's going to be Francis Tiafo, Taylor Fritz, the top two ranked Americans, then Tommy Paul, and the greatest doubles player in all the land, Jack Sock as well for Captain Marty Fish. What do you think of this lineup? They're playing Italy first matchup. It's going to be a tough one. Italy is probably one of the teams that I think a lot of countries were trying to avoid. We're seeing how well they can play, and they have three very good singles players who can all put it out there. But I think Jack is going to be a deciding factor, as he was in Labor Cup, being able to get that doubles. And I trust that Fritz or Tommy or Francis will be able to squeak out an extra singles to help our number one guy. Who, who plays doubles with Jack out of that yeah, group? We were sort of discussing that, uh, you know, off camera. It's interesting. Who, who, do, who do you put out there? Uh, probably Taylor, not the best volleyer of those, those four guys. Uh, 
So, you know, who do you put in that deuce court? It's going to be Jack in the ad court, with the big forehand ability to really dictate in the middle of the court anything. And that back, backhand return, which he takes up the line actually quite well. Um, so it's, it's, it could come down to the moment. Marty's going to have to make some tough decisions, yeah. of course. And uh, do you put Tommy out there? I, I, I like his return to serve as well. Um, do you put the biggest serve in there uh, with Taylor Fritz probably as the partner? It's, it's, it's tricky. So uh, Captain Marty Fish has got his work cut out for him. The good news for Marty, you could put one of the three of us in there with Jack Sock, and he'd still win. So this could serve right here. We'd be just fine. Right? It, it all works when you got Jack Sock as your partner in doubles. For Jan Michael Gamble, Chris Eubanks, I'm Steve Weissman. Thank you for joining us on TC Live today. We will be with you all week long following the world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, squeaking out a win today. We will see more from Carlitos as play continues. Big one tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>